Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dishes and Doctrine podcast. I'm Rachel, your host, and I'm so glad that you joined me for episode 56. I was reminiscing a little bit this week and thinking back to a chilly December evening that my husband and I were sharing on a date, and we decided to duck inside a quaint little coffee shop to continue our conversation because it was so cold outside. And after we settled in at the perfect spot by a window overlooking the river, we sat there with our coffees and and I asked him a question again. I said, are we sure that we are all done trying for any more children? Our youngest was just about out of diapers and was soon to be sleeping in a big girl bed. We had settled into a fairly regular routine as a family of five, and I wanted to make sure that we were confident that we wanted to move past the baby stage completely. After all, we weren't getting any younger. And after we discussed some of the pros and cons of any more pregnancy attempts, we decided that we were comfortable with our two boys and a girl, and unless God impressed something different on our hearts, we would move ahead into the new stage of parenthood, leaving the strollers and the spit-up behind. Isn't it funny how easy it is to take the reins of life from the one who is truly in control, thinking that we can predict what might be coming around the bend and then guide ourselves accordingly? A couple years passed after that conversation, and surprisingly, I felt no baby fever symptoms when I cuddled a friend's newborn. We had a yard sale and then afterwards donated uh, baby and toddler clothes to an orphanage in the Philippines, and we were thrilled to see pictures of the children there unboxing their new wardrobes. I was A little sentimental when we took apart the crib in exchange for a full-size twin bed. It was kind of the end of an era. Overall, though, I was excited. I was excited to see what was in store for our family with three big kids. It was a relief to be in a season with regular seatbelts, kids who could shower themselves, and a newfound sense of freedom as a family. Fast forward then to March 3rd of 2019. Shocking and surreal are some of the words that pop into my mind as I remember sitting on the couch in the early morning hours before the Sunday chaos began. By the way, side note, that's not the wisest time for a pastor's wife to take a pregnancy test. When we tried for children before, it wasn't particularly fast or easy, we would pray for months that God would add to our family. So how in the world did it just happen by accident this time? How are we supposed to go back all the way to the beginning? Strollers and bottles and sleepless nights. That's not to mention the toll that it will take on my body to have another baby. I felt beaten up after my last pregnancy. How am I supposed to do this with a body that's now five years older? All I could keep repeating to myself that morning is that if this is his gift, then he is going to have to provide the strength and the resources for us to steward that gift well. Those first few weeks after finding out about this new addition to our family were kind of strange. I needed to finish our homeschooling year, but I felt increasingly worse as the hormones began to surge through my body. 
We told the kids early because we knew that they would notice how strangely I seemed to be acting, and they really did serve me in such sweet ways. They became experts at making their own lunches and playing quietly to let me steal an afternoon nap and asked me almost daily how I was feeling. Before other pregnancies, I would let my mind dream about what it would be like to add another child to the family. I had names chosen and nursery themes bookmarked. This time hit me out of nowhere. It became almost humorous to us when another memory from the baby days would pop into our minds. We'd become overwhelmed with the realization that we are doing this all over again. The mental fog is lifting now as I approach the halfway mark in this fourth pregnancy journey. And my appetite has returned, and although I still collapse into bed way too early each night, I am able to make it through the day without a mandatory nap. Now, with a a little more brain power in order to reflect, I'm realizing that the last 18 weeks have been an exercise in faith. God has been gently unpeeling my fingers from their tight grips on the plans of my life. He is reminding me that His ways are always best. His gifts, even when they're accompanied by sleepless nights and financial strain, His gifts are always good. This child will be used to conform me to the image of Christ. He has already gone before us to lay out the perfect path for our family, and we may have been caught off guard, but He certainly wasn't. Now, it would be a lie for me to say that I don't still feel uncertainty and a slight amount of dread as I see what the rest of this year will hold. But I'm also increasing in hope and anticipation as the due date slowly arrives. I'm learning that hope and fear are often paired together. I think of friends of mine who have and are experiencing the painful path of miscarriage and infertility, I have been praying for some who are walking through hurt leading to difficult life transitions. Some are dealing with unfaithfulness in their marriage or isolation from true friendship. Others are desperately looking for answers to seemingly unanswerable health issues. Each is fearful of the unknown future, yet hopeful that it will all turn out in the end. Listen to this verse from Psalm 3119. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. Each one of those fears that I have and my friends have and a thousand more can be swallowed up by true hope because of the one who conquered death and separation from God forever. The eternal wrath of a holy God is the most fearful reality known to man, and it was turned to hope at the cross. Now, every twist and turn of life can be filtered through the reality of our new life through Jesus. He is our refuge, our salvation, and his plans for our life are very good, even if they don't appear to be on the surface. They are preparing us for an enduring inheritance in heaven. And as Peter wrote, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. I hope that you're encouraged today, no matter what you may be facing in life. It may be an unexpected joy or an unexpected trial, but he has gone before you. He has paved the path for you to conform you more to the image of Christ. And I hope that that brings hope to your heart today. As always, feel free to contact me anytime. Just head over to rachelperera.me. You can read the written out version of today's podcast episode. You can also contact me there. I'd love to pray for you or to get to know you. And until next time, remember that he will hold you fast.